Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. We are live right now on Twitch, WTM Net, Twitter, the WTM Net Network. At W10 Network and the W10 Net uh, Facebook page. I am your host, Sean Gomer of Soccer to the Max, and here with me, Eric Watkins. We I have kind of saw this coming. Yeah. I did say, I did say, if there was going to be a loss, it would be at Panama. And I, I said it, if there was going to be a time where they only get the six points, and I mean, it would be here. It would be here. And to be fair, though, I didn't expect it to be this way. I did not expect this, and uh, I had the kind of fake excitement here, but this was not the way you want the team to play, and it's different because you saw – this is more like, much more like the El Salvador game. Uh-huh. Uh, you thought you were kind of done with this when it came to the team. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of echoing through your uh, through oh. your side there, Eric. So. Oh, you're fine oh. on my end, and yeah. I got it. Well, I'm not like hearing you from my side, I think. Is what it is. Oh, yeah, or I'm hearing me on your end. So ah. that's like freaking me out a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's just there was just a lot of didn't feel very uh, cohesive at all today. A lot of uh, confusion, it seemed like. A lot of timidness, it seemed like. There was nobody that was not nobody. There was uh, a few people, but not what you want to see. There was no like being on the ball and taking charge. It, it just felt like the team, you know, d- didn't – what we saw against Jamaica and what we've seen mm-hmm. uh, in some other games, that did not happen. Uh, no. Here. Well, with those two games, we went out early and we put our stamp on the game. We put, for those matches, our will in. Now, you can call it high-flying in a sense, those first couple of minutes, because with all the different touches – the ball barely hit the ground, which amazing in its own right. But then after that, that period where it's like, okay, you expected both teams to settle in. They did, but it always looked like Panama, home crowd and all, give them credit. They're like, okay, we're going to take advantage up this right side. We're going to take advantage playing up maybe just a little bit higher, making sure we have that control in the midfield a bit more, kind of force the chances. And the U.S. never really fully responded. For the longest time, it felt lucky because the longer it went nil-nil, 45th, 50th, 50th, 5th minute, okay, you figure maybe with a couple tweaks we could nick three points or at least get the draw. But yep. then the corner happened. They got that goal, which even with Zardes, obviously lucky not to get the goal earlier. Yeah, uh, when I think it was um, Quintero had it go off his foot, or he missed it with his foot, and it went off uh, for for a goal kick instead, because that should have been one nil right there. And yeah. uh, George Bello got got caught not coming over. Um, and that's, I mean, that's going to happen. George, we forget sometimes how young this team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these guys are still learning 
their positions. And then, you know, again, it's that whole, like, what you do for your club team, not necessarily always what you're asked to do for your uh, national team. And it's just, mm-hmm. to me, I think what this boils down to is seven changes, Eric, from yeah what we saw against Jamaica. Obviously, there's going to be rotation. Obviously, there is. Uh, we knew there was going to be guys not traveling. Uh, no Anthony Robinson. He was just not going to travel, period. Uh, Weston McKinney picked up a knock and started to, you know, desk, and they wanted to make sure that they would be okay for the game against Costa Rica. And we'll talk about what Costa Rica did uh, at later on as we're going to go around CONCACAF as we usually do. And, yeah, those guys were at least Anthony Robinson and Sergio Dest. That's two, you're both your backs changed, okay? Walker Zimmerman was there. You play McKenzie instead of Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson has been consistent the entire time. I could kind of make a, I could kind of make a point of, all right, change him um, to, to give Miles Robinson some rest. Walker, you know, Walker Zimmerman, I thought was one of the few bright spots in this entire team. He, he still played well, wasn't a lot going through him necessarily. And then when he had to, uh, he had the one chance, the, the only, they still had no shots on goal. The mm-hmm. one chance it was sort of something came from Walker Zimmerman in the third minute off that corner. The one corner that Kellen Acosta hit well this in this entire game, uh, and it went over the, the goal. But that, to me, is just – I understand resting, and I understand there's just players that you're sometimes you're not going to be able to have, as we have in the case oh, yeah. of Austin Robinson, Eric. But it's just like it's too much. You look at all the other games, and I watched highlights of all the other games, and I watched like a, about 30 minutes of – of Mexico till they score the second goal, and then I watched highlights afterwards. But uh, once they score that second goal with Honduras being down a man, that was going to be it. But you know, I you don't see that. You don't see these a gazillion changes. No, to a team like I mean, you don't, again, it, it, it's just insane to me. Like Greg Herb, I get, and he did this against the, in the Honduras game. He did it's the same thing. It's just like let's, let's throw these guys out there because they haven't played, and let's just see if we can get through it. He got lucky in the Honduras game, but this is it's almost like he's playing FIFA. Look, I get it. Greg Burrell is a coach and he he knows what he's doing more than I do. But I'm saying it's it's like you can't just square peg round hole, right? No. There's gotta be chemistry to this. And when you've got like such a big, bigger than usual mass of players, when you've got instead of like you 23, 26, when you've got like 30 in camp because you've got three matches in a week, I completely get it. So you right. can understand maybe three, four changes, but at the same time, when you're making these changes, you've got to understand where your depth is at what particular spot, because mm-hmm. at the very least, you want to keep a consistent system going, especially one that works, like we saw seen in the Jamaica game. This wasn't that. This was just, I've got all of this depth all over. I've got to use it. I'm just going to throw something at the wall and see when it sticks. But I wonder if that really shows you how much depth you don't have, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. there are players in spots that you're missing. I can understand why you didn't play, like, say, a DeAndre Yedlin to start because Panama has speed on the in their backs, and Yedlin's going to get caught that way. So that's mm-hmm. why you do use a George Bello, you know, and you do use a Shaq Moore. And I understand that. They weren't necessarily the, the problem. It was more of your back line was doing the job of your midfield. 
And that's where I had the issue of, outside of Yunus Musa a few times, nobody is moving them forward. No. It's, okay, we're here, and then how are we going to get it to the front line again? Where's exactly. You have it in the middle. No service at all. No. How's he supposed to score? It's like you have it in the middle third, great. And it's like, okay, who's going up? Where do we lump it? Do we just lump it forward? Do we do this? Do no. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, and credit to Panama. They played well. They attacked. They pressed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was never a time except for after halftime when you put on Brandon Aronson and Tyler Adams to kind of make a correction to the wrongs that you did with the starting 11. They looked a bit more fa- – they looked quicker. They moved mm-hmm. the ball more. They went forward. Aside from that five minutes, that was it. Yeah. There's not a, t- a period in the game where you can say, oh, the U.S. had the ball and they had opportunities. They didn't. This was bad. It was bad. It was not – and there was no energy in this game either, Eric. Like, I never felt like somebody was trying to fight to to get a ball, to – like, where's the scrappiness? Of, I mean, Kellen Acosta, we always talk about, oh, man, that guy fights. There was none of that. He puts Tyler Adams in. It's the same thing. There wasn't any of that. There was. It felt like at times Panama was just absolutely outplaying, out-hustling, out-trying. They wanted this more. They're coming off that loss yep. to El Salvador. Yep. They needed to correct here at home against the U.S., they knew the U.S. could be vulnerable. They're coming off that high with not a good Jamaica team that they're playing, and they they beat them 2-0. Great. But I think this there's a uh, there's a correction that a lot of not only the players, but Berhalter has to go back and make once again. You have got to understand that at some point, you've got to have a spine of the team. Mm-hmm. And even though you have rotation, you can't rotate you know, everybody, you're, again, you're, this is World Cup qualifying. You don't have an Andorra or San Marino that you're playing here. These are all extremely capable opponents that you're playing. And, and if you look at the live table, look at the top four, top five, top six. Yes, this was only five matches in, but it's a log jam. And it's hard to get out of that log jam, especially as you're going deeper in. You could say that, okay, maybe there's a little bit of relief coming up with this next match. That's no guarantee. Now you're really sitting and looking forward to, all right, now you've only got two matches in the November window. How are you really going to handle these? Even though it's at home, it's still against freaking Mexico. Exactly. And you've got to get some sort of result because you're not just dealing with Mexico. Now you're dealing with Canada. Now with this loss, Panama has a life. It's only going to potentially get worse. Yeah. I mean, you go to Kingston mm-hmm. in that second game, which, you know, Canada has proved that that wasn't the easiest thing to do. Um, so, you know, and then Jamaica know that they have it all to play for in these next, their next two, uh, because if they don't start putting up some points other than draws, they're going to run into problems. Yep. So, like, here's the thing. I did say if there was one one bogey team, one team that was going to come up and give the U.S. a problem, it was going to be Panama. And people were, you know, going, oh, well, they should easily get the draw. We're the U.S., you know, all that stuff. 
And yeah, you should feel like you're technically better. You are, mm -hmm. but the team itself, we forget again, this is a young team. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't have that experience yet. Oh, they are sitting, they're, they're, they're bringing five or six guys at us. If we pass the ball around a bit faster, we can get by them and have numbers going forward our way. But they can't do that because no. they're too stuck on, uh, well, okay, we're going to pass the ball around. And then, oh, wait, somebody's coming at me. Let me get rid of it. And there wasn't like any of these, you know, really big passes through the middle that you're saying, oh, man, okay, that has a chance. Literally go back and watch just, for one, when you have the shortest, when you go back and look at the extended highlights of all the other games and you have the shortest amount by three minutes of all the other ones, it tells you how much not a lot happened in that game for the U.S. So, and, and that's just on a simple matter of it. It's just go back and watch that outside of the Walker Zimmerman and then the one where Ricardo Pepe comes on and then kind of just try to make something happen and shoots it into the left side and it barely misses that's it there are no more chances for the u.s they had five shots in total in the entire game now Panama only had six whatever but they made their corner count yep where nobody gets in front of the goal scorer because i can't remember yep. his name for the second yeah he actually knocked it in yeah and with yeah. that one like looking at it and seeing that I could tell Zardes said it mistimed in a looking at it, especially live. It almost looked like an Olympico. It was that precise. And the marking was that before that. Yeah. And Matt Turner was able to like knock him away or whatever. But well, the first one, I feel like he didn't really, he kind of flailed at them, but it's like, still, he was able to get him away. And then you have that. And it's just like, Panama knew exactly what they wanted to do. They knew that they didn't have the size. They put it right there on the front, on the that post, the first, you know, the near post, and were able to get exactly what they wanted out of it, and they got the goal. And it's just like, again, you didn't feel the entire time. If I remember right, it was Godoy who scored. Yeah, Godoy was. Yeah. I, I I was saying Godoy in my head, mm -hmm. and then I was like, wait, I have a Godoy as well, and it's oh yes, they. So <laughs> you know, my thing is too. It's like. It's one thing to feel the way we feel, right? As we feel, mm -hmm. like, uh, okay, U.S., you should be able to, with the time you have left, let's start seeing some chances. Let's, you still feel confident, right? But it's like, yeah. there was no urgency. There was no, no oh man, we got to go. We got to go. We got to get the ball. We got to, we got to step forward. There was none of that. Even it was, it was just, let's keep doing it. Let's go. Yeah. Like, even as you said, when they made the, the triple sub and you had Yedlin and Pepe oh, come and on, Ricardo Pepe. I think I was going to bring up here too, Eric. They got lucky when Kellen <laughs> Acosta and Cooper hit heads. Yeah. That Kellen Acosta didn't get knocked out for this game. Oh, yeah. I don't understand the triple sub in the 65th minute. Like, why don't you keep one around for in case something happens? Or later when you really need to make a change. It's like... I don't, I don't get this, and I don't get the halftime subs constantly either. It's like you're not going to try to see if you can talk to them, change some tactics, and and go on and see if you could do something in the first ten minutes or whatever. It just yeah. feels like it's like, well, I've got to overcorrect 
immediately. And yeah, it worked for like five minutes again. Yeah, it the only problem. worked to a point, and that was it. He tried to overcorrect just like he did in Honduras and thinking, okay, well, if I correct now and bring on almost everybody that I brought in in the Honduras game, they'll fix it. And that's the problem. Didn't happen. No. Right? No. And they weren't even close. It's not like, oh, my God, they had two or three that, holy crap, if they would have just gone in or we got undone by the referee. There was nothing, nothing you can point to and go, oh, yeah. No, none of them worked. Panama did pretty much the exact same thing. The only little bits of differences I saw was instead of tacking primarily more along the right-hand side in the first half, right down the left, a little bit along the right, too. But it's like, okay, well, they haven't changed. Why do we? Uh, uh, the number 17 gondola he had and Quintero was amazing he had mm-hmm. so many opportunities where he just went right through the the like he'd just make a pass it was right to the to the gondola or or uh blackburn or whoever up front and they were there and matt turner had to make some saves in this game this was not like the other games where uh not much to do for matt turner this was a a, a match where he had to be turned on and I think you saw some of the shine come off Matt Turner a little bit with the, you know how we talk about everybody loves Zach Steffen because he can do a lot of stuff with his feet. Oh, Matt yeah. Turner, that's not one of his strengths. You saw some of that today. When he was in desperation mode, he almost made a huge error, kicking it right to one of the Panama players. And if it wasn't because, you know, uh, he had a defender right there to help him, it it could have been really bad. And he made a huge save on i think it was gondola that went right up to him and he used his arm to make the save it was Uh, right point blank right there mm -hmm. i think okay great that was a a great moment but again the fact that you relied on turner to bail you out in that moment which that ball just goes a little bit different he's right there for a rebound and can go over i mean you always need your keeper to make some big saves sometimes yeah I feel like that's that's just a market. Like I almost feel like the the having to change your back line. That's not really Bergver Halter's fault, but that is where you make a decision of maybe I need to try something a little bit different. Knowing who I have is my job to try to just start whoever, or is my job to win? Your job's to win, right? Exactly. So if you're limited to certain players you can't play, you still need to go out and try to put out your best 11 that you have available to you, along with thinking about who they have on their end. And it's like, maybe this is where you change and you play a back three. Yeah, and I was just about to to get to that. If you know you have deficiencies on your back line, it's like, okay, I can't play a back three. Who do I have? Can I work with something like a 3-5-2? Can I work with something a little bit different, but based around a back on that tactic? Because, of course, every good manager worth his salt has two tactics that they can work on or that they can switch some kind of thing into. This is one of those to where I think lack of either knowledge of one, coming up with one, whatever, but lack of having that tactic failed. And it's not like that. It's the trying to overcorrect yourself too quickly mm-hmm. burned you because what did you have to do? You had Walker Zimmerman up front for like the last 15 minutes because he was cramped and couldn't play defense. That's not that's not good. 
I mean, he's your no. one consistent defender that you could count on in this entire game. And you have to have Tyler Adams go play center back, which totally discombobulates the entire thing that you're trying to do where you brought Tyler Adams on because Quintero was running riot on through through you because Kelvin Acosta, for some reason or another, could not uh, do that job uh, in this game. And it just felt like so much went wrong. I mean, like, you just got nothing. And it's not Tim Weah or Josh Zardes' fault. They just got no. nothing. They got no. nothing. Um, I mean, it just felt like they should have gone on the attack earlier. There should have been... It's like, oh, we tried for the first five minutes, and then, ah, man, you know, we can't. I don't know why he didn't try to – if you're going to go ahead and do – see, this is why I don't understand the halftime sub thing, because if you would have waited a little bit longer, you could have brought done the triple sub earlier and then had your two for later. Yeah. And then brought on Pepe along with Aronson and Adams, and then you still have that combination of Aronson, Pepe – that you know you've had and you know that works well but it's just like this is this all got messed up because then in at that they give you seven minutes of injury time which honestly they should have been more because Panama was doing the absolute greatest amount of cockacapping you've ever seen in your life with two different fans or ball boys or whatever you want to call them coming onto the pitch I mean included like this is insane like Talk about uh, expert not, time wasting. <laughs> I forgot the name of number eight who has cramp, and then they get taken them off. They take them off with the stretcher because they need to waste more time. And it's like, dude, what? what? <laughs> like, oh my god, you know? Like, wow, it, it was insane to me. And I'm sitting there going, this ref is seriously not going to put any more time on the clock after all that. After all that, no way. They, they know and, the system. They know the system. They're like, all right, well, we got this ref. He's like, okay, come on. We can limit this. Uh, it makes no sense. I, you know, I just, I wonder why, like, why you have to go play funny ball when you go away. I understand that it's even tougher to play away, mm-hmm. right? Like, you need to have more cohesion and more trust with the players when you play away as com- uh, compared to playing at home. So it's like, I don't know. It just it some of this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, obviously, the players also got to look at themselves as why you you don't have oh, the yeah. energy that you didn't have, Eric. I mean, it's just like yeah, for, where, for where did that fight go in, in this yeah, game? Because for something like this, to me, it almost yeah. feels like how we were talking about. We looked at uh, this round and it's like, all right, this is the one where expectations would really be the lowest and this is kind of the worst case scenario we can do that sitting here on our chairs on our couches but if i'm a men's national team player or any sort of national player or a coach or a manager it's like hey we have a shot no matter where we go who we play we know we got it together to where if we put out our best we can go ahead and get the but there wasn't that feeling it was just like all right well we know we just came off this with jamaica we know we got this coming up people aren't expecting as much against panama let me go ahead and tinker and oh maybe something great will happen no you can't have that approach no and i mean let's again give credit to panama they found more they had more corners their corners actually connected another thing of i don't know why you didn't take kelvin acosta off because 
His free kick was fine. It mm-hmm. was sort of close. The one corner at the beginning of the game, the rest were off. He couldn't get past the first guy. And it's like, this is, corners are super important when you're away. Yep. Like, you know you're not creating, you're not generating much of anything. Corners are where you can level it, get your point and go home and go away. And and we're talking, it's a different narrative, right? We're talking about how they got a result when they were playing badly. This is where you're pointing at and going, Again, Greg Berhalter needs to read the room. And I get it. Maybe he has faith in certain guys and he wants to he wants to believe in them and everything else. But it's like start seeing what isn't there. Yeah. And start going, oh well, we're gonna we're gonna push this guy, we're gonna do this, we're gonna so I don't know. But it's I just hope we don't we don't see this. This doesn't need to be the 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 tune every time you go away. In the second game, we're going to make a million changes because I want to start half the roster. It's like, look, sometimes some of these guys get called in and they don't play. And it's like, this is where I, I was wondering, it's like, okay, well, why don't we have Matthew Hoppy coming on? He's just sitting there. And now he has two games where he hasn't played at all, right? It's like, there's there's other players like uh, Luca De La Torre, you had him come on in the last game. You didn't have him here. It's just like, start seeing where you need someone and plug that hole not necessarily trying to just all right the front two aren't working we're going to change the front two we're going to put in this the same three that i put in last time get all this energy going and then nobody has energy because everybody's disconnected and there's too many changes and there's too right. much you know going on so uh eric it's just frustrating it's it's frustrating it's disappointing you know to see all this i mean credit to panama first time beating the u.s in a world cup qualifier ever mm-hmm First time losing, or first time beating the U.S. I mean, it's like, yeah. Look, and I, this is the twenty fourth matchup yeah. between the U.S. and Panama. This is only Panama's third win. Third, they and stepped up. All yeah. credit to them. Their second win. I think their other one was in the Gold Cup. So it's like it's it's not expected. Obviously, again, I said this at home. Panama is a much different team. They go for it whatever but just to like never see the u.s really go for it at all during this game is just unbelievable to me that you don't ever just okay let's start let's get going and and in that last like 15 minutes they still they couldn't put two passes together eric they were just matt turner kick it long as if we have somebody that just holds up the ball beautifully and they're going to connect it they don't work like that when you're just asking them to all of a sudden just, ah, that's what's going to happen. It's like, oh, Lord. I mean, Panama knew what was going to happen. They could just easily read that. It's just, And yep. then you're in, in times where you... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You gotta be on at the, in the last, okay, you got five minutes and you're just falling asleep and let somebody just blow by you and and take the ball away on a freaking throw-in, and you almost cost the team. It's like the whole game felt like this, where it's just like they're asleep, not paying attention. 
uh, you know, it's somebody's not not sliding over, not doing this. No. It's, it's so frustrating. It was frustrating um, to watch this entire thing. And it's look, I'm sure it will be corrected once again against Costa Rica, and we're talking about a different game. But you never know, honestly, Eric, because no, you really don't. Yeah, to be fair, uh, in about the what was it, 75th minute or so, there was a red card uh, given to an El Salvador player. I uh, don't think that it's really uh, debatable as the one what we'll see against Mexico, I think, was. Uh, it was pretty bad. He ba- he almost did a stomp Oof. on the player's foot. It's not great. I, it, it's not intentional, but it just it looks bad, right? But Costa Rica, give them credit at home. They were down 1-0 early in about the 11th minute or so El Salvador scores. Brian Reeves, the eternal Brian Reeves, comes in off a corner, scores. Um, clear penalty for Cesar Borges to come up and shoot it and score it in with, with authority. The two old guys, the two experienced guys come up big for Costa Rica. And that's where you do need the experience, right? Like you do bring in those old guys for that kind of thing. And they both deliver when you need them to. And again, it helps a lot. I think that El Salvador at a crucial time where they could have went and gone, gotten a 2-2, have the red card, they're down a man, and it made it much more, it made it much easier for Costa Rica to get, get three points that they absolutely needed. I said it was a must win, Eric. They got that with those three points. Yeah, it, because they knew, when I had mentioned, you don't get this, then you collapse against the U.S., you're all but dead. But now it's like, okay, we go ahead, we're at home in San Jose, we battle back. We see what the U.S. did. It's like, all right, if we can do this, we know we have some. Now let's take it to them and show them why the Ticos have been in the force for so long. You don't want to play a team with that kind of mentality on top of what talent they have because they were struggling. Now it's like, okay, they've got something on their side. They had a big moment. You know, they still have very capable players. We're not Yeah, they do. They don't have the all-star lineups of Canada and Mexico, but they still have some very capable players. And you do need to be careful of it would have been much different to have them coming off another draw or another loss, and you're just kind of like dealing with a very perhaps demoralized team. This is a Costa Rica team now that feels like they have life. And you think about they get another point here against the US or Perhaps they even like, you know, shock and get a win. You're talking about having seven or nine points and you're right there in the thick of it for being at the top. So like this is something where the, you know, the U.S. really has to be on it. I mean, obviously you're at home. It's a different deal. uh, But still, you know, you can't let your guard down just because, you know, before this game, Costa Rica was, you know, one of those teams. I mean, they went from having only scored one goal the entire qualifying to scoring two in one game. So, you know, much different thing uh, for Costa Rica here, but like props to them for, for going out there and getting the win that they needed. Uh, same thing happens in the Mexico game. Mexico rep one nil going into halftime. Honduras has some chances uh, that, you know, didn't go their way. And then in the 47th minute, minor Figueroa gets the ball 
but also takes down Raul Jimenez. They call it a dog zone, Denali scoring goal scoring opportunity. He wasn't as close to say Brendan Aronson or probably Riola was when Jimenez gets taken down. But I don't know. It's almost to me like the Brendan Aronson one where you could you could call it a foul if you want to. You could also not call it a foul because he gets the ball. Right. But he went ahead and called it a foul, and he did the letter of the law thing where you're supposed to give him a red, unlike the uh, Grenada referee in the Jamaica game. But, man, that was harsh for Honduras. It, it, it really was. And I'll go back, see the replay, but if it's a moment like that, I look at it and it's like, okay, if you make contact with the ball, especially first, to me, even with positioning and stuff, I get it. It's not a foul. Yeah. I don't necessarily call that a foul. But again, if it was that kind of bang, bang, you do and you do that, it's one of those things that sucks. But as we talked about, where's VAR? That's another one of those to where VAR could have settled that out. Exactly. But there's no VAR here, so you're just having to go on the referee's decision. And that's what it is. I mean, ah, that I felt really bad for Honduras because I think that they could have perhaps gone and made it more of an uh, an interesting fight against Mexico. Because after that, I mean, not, not that Mexico didn't have chances of Portland, because they certainly did. But after that, it was just an absolute Mexico show of constant chances against Honduras, constant, constant, constant. And the goal was pretty much going to come. And Rogelio Fuentes Moni gets another goal. Um, and credit to him, who's been much maligned, you know. Um, and then... He comes off for Ojimenez, so he gets off, goes off, and then, you know, Chucky Lozano gets his. So, uh, all good for Mexico. They got the comfortable 3 0 win. And, I mean, things look good right now for them, leading the table by three whole points over the U.S. because they lost and over Panama now, who the U.S. only lead Panama by goal difference. Uh, so, uh, you know, Mexico leading the line again. And now the U.S. has to do what they got to do and then perhaps have to get that result, that big result against Mexico at home to perhaps uh, get closer. So, uh, you know, that's the thing is that's that's the kind of things you put yourself in when you don't get the points where you need them. Eric, and speaking of getting points where you need them, Canada, as much as Jamaica is a really tough team to play and you're in Jamaica, I think they got to feel like you dropped two points here. Very much so. But this is another case of, I watched highlights of this, Eric. It's still the same front three for Canada. Davies, David, and Osorio. Um, and, well, Tejan Buchanan got switched out, but, you know, it's still a major part of the team is still there. You didn't have this, oh, my God, switch out 50 players, you know, like they did for the U.S. It's like, you know, so – and Canada, I mean, Alfonso Davies had a few uh, runs where really made it interesting. And Jamaica had a few off corners that could have gone in, but ultimately nil-nil is where it stands. And yeah, this was a scrappy, like fun game to to watch just in in highlights. There was a lot going on here. Uh, Good to see like Jamaica come to life here and see that Jamaica team that you really feel like you should see, right? Um, Yeah, I I mean... You count on the reggae boys. They're going to do their best to defend in Canada to all their credit. As you said, they had most of their team there. They had the core there. But at the same time, yes, great performance at BMO Field. But 
when you're traveling away, and that's something that even Canada is still trying to get you to being in those big away atmospheres and well, being the favorite, right? Because they're not used yeah. to being the favorite. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So with, with something like that, it's a whole, it's a separate issue of mentality, which being away as a favorite, as you said, they're still warming up to that idea. But the fact that they were still able to scrap right with Jamaica, that's still a credit to them and hold on to a nil-nil because that's where you see a beginning. So like, all right, next time and going forward, now we know how to better handle it. Yeah, uh, but that, I mean, Costa Rica, or not Costa Rica, Canada has some uh, interesting, again, they they have these draws that they really should have done more with and and gotten wins perhaps. I mean, you can mm-hmm. say that for all four of their draws. They could have easily been wins, but you know, it's it's disappointing to see. I mean, I think John Herman said it after the Mexico game. I don't feel like Azteca's that tough place to play anymore. And we really miss it getting not getting three points. I think he's really gonna miss it not getting the three in Jamaica here. Um, could have got the three points against the US as well. And Honduras, I think, is another one at home to feel like you didn't get the three points when, you know, and your goal is penalties. Yeah. yeah, and even just converting two of those into wins, look at where they would be and how the table would be sitting right now. Exactly, yeah. Think about that. You're really, you're sitting there in second, very close to Mexico. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, those are the things when you're, you know, these leading countries. And again, to be fair, Canada's got to get used to that. Mm-hmm. They it's do. hard when historically this team has been yeah they're kind of middling or oh we have this golden generation and now it kind of went by and nothing happened and now oh we're supposedly in another one and then now it's like to accept that all of a sudden you know but panama had to deal with that too right panama went from not being a whole lot to all of a sudden oh now they're the kind of the big some of the one of the big teams in Concacaf, right and they had to get used to that so now they're doing their thing, and that's that's another thing too of going back to the to U.S. games. If you go and watch that Costa Rica Jamaica game, that's the way this game should have been with U.S. and Panama. Mm-hmm. And I felt was missing is there was back and forth there. There was both teams having chances. It was very much one way traffic for Panama. Not the whole game like Mexico, but there was the one way traffic, especially in the first forty five where Panama oh, had yeah. more energy. A lot of one way traffic. Thing. The U.S. didn't even take advantage of the fact that you Panama was obviously losing steam by the time you get to the second half. They didn't take advantage of that either, and they lose. And, again, Greg Berhalter has to go to that drawing board. Obviously, he gets a lot of players back. I guess what's McKinney back, Anthony Robinson back. You think Virginia Odessa will be back. Let's see. Again, Costa Rica's an interesting team. Which Costa Rica are we going to get? Could very well. You know, a lot, a lot of people are probably thinking, okay, they're going to go back home. It's going to be another comfortable win. I'd say watch out. I'd say watch out. You could definitely get this. Could be a, a barn burner. It, it could uh, depending on what team shows up. Absolutely, and depending on what U.S. team shows up. Because right now, don't know. No, right? and, don't know. And get the winners against the Jamaica, or the one that they know they're expected to get this result, and expectations are high. Then that will make things easier. But at this point, this is the last hurdle. And again, thankfully. After this, it's going to be a bit easier in November. And then from there, you've got a few more months to go ahead and retool. But let's still get through Costa Rica first. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't 
necessarily say it's easier. I mean, yes, that you have easier in easier in the sense not of opponent, but right. timing and strategy. Instead of dealing with the three matches, you only have to deal with the two. Yes, one of them in particular is massive, but planning for two matches in a window is entirely different with these rotation oh, things. Right, you yeah. don't have to have that third match where you feel like you can fiddle. Yeah. And, you know, you can't fiddle too much, but, I mean, you know you're going to start your big first team against Mexico. Of course. Of course. Game, because that's going to be the highlight game of the entire window. Everybody's going to be the eternal rivals, all the stuff that they're going to be, uh, you know, bringing about. Or whatever. So, I mean, who who do you want to see in this last game? Whether they come in or in that starting 11, who do you want to see? I definitely, especially after their combination against Jamaica, I definitely think with two players in my starting 11, uh, Ricardo Pepe and Yunus Musa. Now, and I know even with everything, but... For someone like that who knows how to scrap, wants someone like Musa who isn't afraid to take some more of those potentially bruising runs up in the middle. And plus with Pepe, his height and just his sense in the 18, where the ball is, where he, you've got to have someone who's much more clinical, especially if you're trying to sap the game early. I think you put those two on, they link up for a big chance in the first 10, 15 minutes. You can breathe a bit. Yeah, I think definitely Pepe's got to come back in uh, for sure and start. Uh, I would love to see it be Matthew Hoppy, but I feel like Pepe in the form that he's in, you've got to because you need to. For one, you need a damn score in the first half, for God's sake. Yeah, you do. You do. Like, stop having these nil-nils go into halftime, and then we're going to course correct. And then we're gonna do it all in the in the in the second half. You can't do that every game, especially no. not against the opponent you're gonna have in the next game. Uh, after this, like again, Mexico's no no va perdonar tanto. You know, like you you gotta you gotta get on it. So I feel like for me, you definitely gotta bring Pepe in. But I would love to see if say Brandon Aronson or or Pepe aren't like working out or whatever. I really hope Matthew Hoppy gets in. At least for 30 minutes. Yeah, you know, 20, 30 I mean, minutes. I, I, I want to see him play in a World Cup qualifier against, you know, some tougher opposition. Uh, definitely Yunus Musa. Again, like, that's the problem with, like, they've played, some of these guys have played these two games, so how much energy do they have? Um, I think this is a time for, I, I, feel, I feel like if you're going to do the 4-3-3, then you know what your 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 midfield is going to be, right? Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, yep. and Colorado. That's your yeah. your midfield three, uh, especially because McKinney didn't play, and Musa has been your most productive uh, midfielder out of uh, besides Tyler Adams. So at least productive in that you feel like there's an energy, there's somebody trying to get something going there instead of uh, you know just kind of doing their thing. Where this is. I felt like Legette didn't do a whole lot, and it was weird to not have seen Gianluca Busio yet. And he might have worked; he might have done better uh, to have played in this in this game against Panama. But I felt like we're going to get the normal starting four um, for this one. Both the Robinsons are going to come back, and you'll get uh, Cesarino Dest back as well, unless he's got an injury uh, that keeps him out. Then I guess you know you would see perhaps a uh, Yedlin start this time. 
but I feel like Walker Zimmerman has been so good. I don't think you can take him out. Um, and again, you got to be, you got to have stability. So I feel like you got to have Miles Robinson back in uh, with Anthony Robinson as well, even though you could make a case for, is this a time to give Chris Richards a shot? I've, I was surprising to me that you didn't give Chris Richards a shot against Panama if you're going to mess around with the back line. I get it. McKenzie played a game for you last time, but, you know, he's here. He plays from Hoffenheim. Somebody to think about. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I yeah. said this the last time when we were having the same situation and the same conversation about Ricardo Pepe. Watch go ahead and Burhalter. All right, we're gonna start him in that final game. Maybe he does decide to start Richards in this final game for this window. This seems to be that sort of a pattern of his. Why I don't know. I don't but... think we need to be playing around too much. It's like you still no. need to be. Yeah, I completely. Like, yeah, Costa Rica is no slouch. No, no slouch <laughs> at all. I completely agree. You have a solidified back four. Use it, but. Like I said about that in this what-if situation, I'm getting the same kind of what-if vibes. I don't know if it's going to work as well, but yeah. maybe this time he proved me wrong. Is there somebody you don't want to see or you think kind of needs to take a step back? For me, I feel like I feel like get, give Kellen Costa a rest. Give um, him a rest and as much a DC guy, and I know he's had – some moments, but I think we've seen at least for this window enough of Ariel. I was going right there with you. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I've seen enough. <laughs> You've seen enough of Ariola. We know what he gives you. Mm-hmm. Good in the first game, you know. That's why I keep saying, like, if you're gonna move a front guy, this is the time to bring in Matthew Hoppy as a side. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna go ahead and start him. They could go ahead and start him as well. Um, this is that moment, and then if you know you want to bring in Jossie's artists or Tim Way or whatever, that's cool. that's fine. Bring him in off the bench. Yeah, I still, I also, in saying that, I don't, I think Acosta needs to have a rest. If you're going to change one of the midfield three, I think this is a time for Gianluca Busio uh, to get a moment. So you know, think about that, Mr. Berhalter. We'll see. Um, obviously, Matt Turner still. Number one guy. He hasn't done anything to lose his spot. He will be starting. Uh, I get. I worry about the way he looked with. But we. That's his weakness. If there is one, is the ball at his feet. He doesn't look comfortable. You can tell he doesn't like it because, like, the times where he gets the ball passed back to him, he's like, "Oh man, I don't want this." You know, <laughs> he'd rather like throw it out with his arms or have to punt it away. Um, so. That's something interesting to watch. Again, when you have a guy like Zach Steffen, who's very experienced and is good with the ball, it's interesting to see if you have another game like that where you're asked to do that a lot and he looks uncomfortable, if that's something that could be his undoing a little bit. In a way. Uh, but anyway, I um, just to finish that, I it's something that we don't normally do, and I kind of wanted to do it since it is the last game in the window. But definitely, I think... If you walk away from this with anything but three points, I think you're looking at uh, some interesting possibilities. Got question marks. Greg Berhalter, definitely. When you've got Mexico coming up in the next window, day after Veterans Day, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to shudder to think the thought. I think they will keep him on because, again, like I think he'll definitely stay on till the end of the year. And this, yeah, this is what I'm like, my thinking is too. You're going to have question marks going to November. 
but depending on what happens in November, you'll have what four months until the window in March. Well, no, they had that one game in January, right, against Honduras. Check on that. Mm. Yeah, they have. Don't they have a one little window in? Is it January, February that they have a game? Each each team has a game. I'm double um, checking on that. Yes, they do. It's um. Yep. January twenty seventh against. Oh no! Um, so El that's Salvador. a full. That's a full window there oh, it's, in oh, it's January beginning of February. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. January to February, you have three games. And yep. then your last window, that's the one in March. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, but Think... it's so far enough away where you could, if they want to make a change, that would be the time. You have the Yeah, you've got two months that. instead of four, which obviously you would want more, but two months doable. But, again, it's the this game right here and the two against New Mexico. And after that, it's up in the air. It's up in the air. It certainly is, you know, like you, you got some tough games. These are, uh, but again, you're at home. You're supposed to get three points at home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to go out there and do what you're supposed to do, whether it's 2-1, 1-0, you know, 3-2, whatever, got to get it done. Uh, but yeah, Greg Berhalter knows that you got to, you got to redeem yourself here. The team needs to redeem themselves here. Yeah. So. It's either you, it's redemption or the clock starts t- simple as that. Yeah, big time. So, all right. Until that's going to be it. We're not going to do two shows here. That's pretty much going to be the thing. If uh, I think for next time, uh, it's, what is it, November? Yeah, that's a Friday and a Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we won't run into that problem. But if there's ever a qualifier or friendly or whatever, uh, we'll only do one show. I, did you watch any of the Nations League final? I did not watch because I had a few other stuff going on, but I did see some highlights. And I do want to say, Félicitations à l'équipe de le Bleu Français. Vive la France. <laughs> okay, uh, what a, I mean, to go 1-0 down pretty quick and then Benzema with a what a freaking hit that was. Uh, what a goal. And uh, then Mbappe getting it in there before in the 80th minute to get the second goal. Um, big win. Big win for France. And Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the span of a week. What a save for Deschamps, too, because there's so much crap that he's taken for the way the team has played in a lot of World Cup qualifiers. Oh, and yeah. And then he goes and wins this thing. Yeah, because in so, the span of a week, you're facing Belgium, number one team. The first ever competitive match where France overcomes a two-goal halftime deficit. You go on and win. Then you go right ahead on a win again, capture your first major trophy since the World Cup. I know Deschamps just wiped his brow. Yeah. Come on, now. And I wonder if this is going to fuel those rumors again for Roberto Martinez to to Barcelona, or if they're going to really fight for him to stay into the World Cup or um, or whatnot. But I bet that's going to help those rumors swirl because it's another championship that they don't win. Nope. Belgium with that with that golden generation. Yeah, going to be again. See how that goes for for him and for the team. But uh, yeah. So if you enjoyed what you heard here, having us talk about the U.S. men's national team, 
Uh, we'll have another show on Wednesday night. Um, I have to work, unfortunately, so it won't be until at least 11.30, 12, because I'll have to watch the game while I'm working. But um, And since it's a yeah. Wednesday, that'll be right after the kickoff, so the timing will be fortuitous in that sense anyway. Yeah, for sure. But remember, that's an early kick again, right? It's another 6 o'clock uh, game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, it's seven o'clock. Yep, seven. Uh, so, and this Mexico playing the late game. They're not doing the whole like they did today, where they kind of had them all be around each other, except for Mexico mm-hmm. started an hour later. This time it's seven, seven thirty, eight. Uh, Canada, Panama, seven thirty. Honduras, Jamaica's eight, and then El Salvador, Mexico is ten o'clock. So uh, into the nightcap we go with Mexico going to. Uh, El Salvador. So that will be another interesting one there. Uh, so probably won't, that will mean that we don't start till at least 12 because of that. But either way, uh, until Wednesday, thank you everybody for listening, for whether you uh, listened or you watched on, on Twitch, YouTube, or um, on the Facebook page, uh, wherever. We really appreciate that. Of course, you can Listen wherever there are podcasts, or you can go to that last word on soccer.com where we are as well, or w2net.com. Uh, go subscribe to the whole w 2 network. You get everybody's shows, uh, along with the video games to the max that we just had an episode. Eric's Life is like a game show and the kickoff. Uh, we'll have plenty, I'm sure, for them to talk about after this week of NFL games. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so, um I'm sure Giants fans are feeling awful that not only do you lose Saquon Barkley again to a weird freak injury, uh, but also Daniel Jones to a concussion. So let's see how that affects them. And until until next week, or, or well, until Wednesday, see you later, everybody. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.